Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast with John and Hannah. Hi. We're going to be talking today about graveyards, the stereotypes surrounding them and how you can use them in your game. Okay, so we're talking today about graveyards, some of the stereotypes and how you can use them in your game. So I suppose the, the sort of initial stereotype I tend to think of is, you know, that sort of atmospheric thing of like it's a dark night, there's a full moon, there's a low-lying fog hanging around the ground. You see the gravestones and probably like an angel statue or something emerging out of the fog. Maybe you're on the trail of like a vampire or something similar. And the, the graveyard is like a sort of ideal trapping for that because obviously the, the players tend to be like from the world of the living and the graveyard sort of inhabits that space between the worlds of the living and the dead because there's dead bodies there but obviously mourners come to pay their respects mm-hmm. that there's there's priests etc around there obviously it has religious overtones as well so all of that can really be used to sort of reinforce the existing themes in a horror story well yeah this is absolutely true but also you can take a setting like a graveyard and you can really use it to personalize your game so you mentioned angel statues well if there's no angels in your religion that's not going to be there well, so it's a, it's a really great way to pad out like what's going on in your game with just a few little details i mean consider just the difference between a british graveyard and an american graveyard oh yeah, like, yeah. and we've never been to america but as we see them in films you know yeah. Some of our graveyards, I mean, some of the ones in Burton are from a thousand years ago now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And obviously, like, other places, because the people who are using that graveyard haven't been there that long. The graveyard's not been there that long. Obviously, you've got, like, other parts of the world where there's graveyards that have been in use for literally, like, tens of thousands of years. But they're not a graveyard as you yeah. or I would think of it when you say the word. I mean, we've got that thing in the, the real world where obviously the, the sort of local conditions in terms of like the climate and the ground and stuff like that can have like a strong effect on those. So you've got sort of like some of the places in America where it's like the bayous mm-hmm. and it's more wetland and stuff like that where they've had to build these sort of tombs above ground because of mm-hmm. the conditions below ground. So you can put a bit of an interesting spin on them and say something about your setting if you're going to do it there. So let's let's say, for instance, I'm just going to pick a random thing. Let's say when you're exploring this graveyard in like your D&D campaign world or whatever, maybe like every now and again, you come across a grave that has like a small triangle carved into it. Now, if you just drop that detail in as like a GM and you mention it a few times, the players are going to be like, oh, do, do we know what this triangle is? Like what it signifies? And it could mean any number of things. It could be the way the person's died. Perhaps there was some sort of social outcast or they'll believe to be like a witch or something like that. It could be, it could be anything, but by th- similarly a badge of honour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it could have been someone who died in like a particularly noble war or something like that. However, by dropping a few things in there, just little things like that, you can get a lot more mileage out of the graveyard, and it mm-hmm. moves it from being just the background for a place where other stuff happens 
to actively having the players engage with it. And as far as I'm concerned, anything you can do that get players asking you questions about it. So in this case, like you, you mentioned a few times, oh, there's a third gravestone you come across with a little triangle carved into it. At some point, some player, whether it be a cleric or whatever, is going to be like, oh, do I know what those triangles are? And even if you say no, they might be interested in finding out more. So you're sort of leading them into your world. Something else that's really handy about graveyards yeah. is that everything dies, so no matter what your setting is, there's got to be some place where bodies are disposed of. Oh, yeah, of course And even is, yeah. if it's like, I mean, Lex, for example, um, that setting, everybody's body is immediately reclaimed by the state and goes to the protein bank. And the idea to them, when they later encounter it, of taking a dead body and putting it in the ground to rot seems just wasteful yeah yeah because obviously there's diff- different cultures which have different beliefs and the beliefs of other cultures can seem sort of odd or jarring when you compare them to your own they're very different indeed and again it's a way to flesh out a setting be it a sci-fi setting fantasy setting or even just a modern day setting oh yeah i mean there's plenty of different religious beliefs and burial beliefs in the real world and even if you're doing a like real-world modern-day setting, there's going to be a few places where you can go and find a couple of stories about, oh, there's a ghost here, there's a spooky thing there. Because everywhere has these sort of stories for one or two graveyards. I, I can think of, oh, there's a witch buried at so-and-so. There's a soldier that ran away from the war who was hung, drawn and quartered just down the road over there. Yeah. Uh, and that's just us locally without even looking at the internet. I think one of the interesting things as well is obviously in fantasy worlds, particularly in like D&D, the, there's the existence of undead creatures and spellcasters who can use the bodies of the dead as servants. They can raise up spirits, whatever you want to call it, necromancy, whatever. And... That generally doesn't seem to be like a very secretive thing in most. I mean, obviously they practice secretly, but people know that stuff happens. Mm. So it always strikes me when you see what would be like essentially like a normal sort of real world style graveyard in D and D. I was half thinking like, well, do you think they'd maybe like have, have a bit more protection because obviously in the real world we don't have to worry about necromancers like wandering past and like raising up the bones of like your granddad or whatever. Indeed, and this could lead to some like interesting ways to bring in your cleric or your paladin character yeah. because NPCs are regularly asking them to perform funerary rites yeah. because there's nobody else about to do it and they want to make sure that body's safe. See, it always strikes me. I mean, obviously sort of in the UK after the Second World War because of like the amount of people who died, so bar- cremation, which had been sort of like seen as a bit of a sort of thing that you shouldn't really do before that, because of the practicality of it, it became like the de facto way of sort of like most people's bodies being laid to rest just because there wasn't enough space to bury everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, it always strikes me that in a fantasy sort of reality way fantasy reality but you know what i mean in a fantasy campaign where you've got necromancers and stuff like that a lot of the certainly the low level necromancy you need a body to like work on Mm -hmm. so it always strikes me that like cremation would be a more natural sort of like default way of like dealing with bodies in a fantasy because 
if you've got a little bitty pile of ash, you like, you, I mean, you can put it in a nice decorative urn, you can have it on like a plinth, you can do whatever you want with it, you can bury it, whatever. But it always strikes me as that's less likely that is going to get raised up or return as a vampire or whatever you want to call it. Absolutely, but then fuel becomes an issue, getting fuel. There's, yeah, there's exactly. all kinds of things that you can use a graveyard for, for like telling the history of a world as well, oh. just by those markers. Not just like, because markers and bodies are not necessarily the same thing as far right. as a graveyard goes um was it whitby we went to not long ago where half the stones there were for yeah, sailors yeah, was, that yeah. were lost at sea yeah they're more like monuments than actually, yeah like grave markers and they? even if you do go in for cremation for the practical reasons you've just suggested there's still going to be places where people go to mourn their dead and you're still going to be able to look at that and see that like a lot more people died in that particular year because there was a war or maybe a lot of people were dying in this particular year because of the yeah. plague and again this is stuff that you can seed into your world without too much effort yeah it's, it's just nice by having in, the players it? walk through a graveyard um, yeah. and obviously it's a nice way for people who are playing like your clerics your paladins you you're ostensibly more sort of religious characters to, to sort of get their moment in the spotlight because if you're if you're barbarian characters are like oh do I know what's going on with these graves you'd be like probably not you're a barbarian whereas if the clerics like oh do I know about this you can reasonably assume unless it's something like very rare and very esoteric that the clerics probably going to have an idea about the common funerary practices and stuff like that so to use our ridiculous example of the like, triangles on the graves you might just say to the cleric like, oh you actually know it's this and sort of like give them a little bit of a whisper and then they can like tell the rest of the group and it sort of reinforces the sense of them being sort of like a religious authority or of sort of having that knowledge in the same because we often talked about the fact that uh, certain characters in a D&D style game like your fighter and whatever and I know people always moan like our oh, fighters don't get as many core powers but the fighter always gets to fight there's always fights at some point in a D&D game if you're a barbarian you're always going to get to kicking your rage at some point if you're a mage you're always going to get to cast your spells at some point whereas a lot of the a lot of the characters and I'm not saying like clerics don't have spells obviously they do and they've got turning undead but there's also a lot of sort of background stuff with like these characters and like bards and stuff like that that having this extra element of like history about your campaign and giving them a few facts that they can just sort of pull out really sort of makes both their characters and the world feel like it's got a great deal more depth to it so other uses well, for these i was um, going to say um, one of the other uses i'd like to quickly mention sorry sorry for butting mm-hmm. in is uh, i've just been looking on the internet and there's i knew that was going to be but there's an awful lot of superstitions in the real world associated with graves like in the western world graves are buried so people lying from like east to west or they were at one point so you know you're facing the rising sun and towards your judgment or whatever and um, but by necessity as like graveyards start getting larger and they have to be fit they sort of died off a little bit but there's still a lot of superstitions like stepping on a grave brings bad luck if a grave's left open overnight you know waiting for someone to go in it it's bad luck um, it's supposed to be to bode ill if a pregnant woman go for like the baby's future if a pregnant woman goes near a grave stuff like that and some of these I hadn't heard of some of them I have but you've got to think if there's that many superstitions in the real world there's definitely going to be superstitions in a fantasy world where you've got actual ghosts and like oh, things absolutely about. and that's definitely another really good way you can flesh out 
out of your game. Yeah, and it's and it's nice as well because you might you might have like your cleric characters who we were saying be like, oh, that's just superstition. But if you go to like the tavern where like the locals are, and you're like, oh, I was walking through the grave and I said, there's just this open grave there. They must just like left it and not fill it in. And one of the locals is like, oh, an open grave be bad luck. You know, you, you obviously we're doing like stereotypical examples here, but again, it's all adding sort of layers of texture and depth to your campaign world. Other stuff that you can do with them, we've only really talked about like using them for atmosphere at the moment. Obviously, some monsters' traditional base is a graveyard. Yeah, your You've vampires got your, and whatnot. Your ghouls, your vampires, as you say, various other stuff like yeah. that. Plus, any any undead that can raise undead or control undead, like death knights, liches. Even like non-undead, but like necromancers who deal with the dead. Obviously, like a, a churchyard where there's loads of bodies is like a big old necromancy buffet to them. So you're suggesting then that it would be tactically unwise to like get all your women and children to go and like take shelter in the tombs oh, below definitely. your castle if De- you were fighting like an undead De- De- army De- of De- liches. Definitely, definitely, never do that. <laughs> um, but th- there's other ways that you could use them as well. Um, so like player bases in particularly World of Darkness Vampire. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a cleric who performs funerary rites, that would make an ideal like place for a player base for that sort of uh, idea. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's often it's often nice as well, like between sort of like your traditional... Again, to use D&D as an example, because everyone knows it. Between your like traditional sort of dungeon crawls and your adventures, it's often nice to have like a few scenes where even if it's just at the start of an adventure where you see the the player characters doing like their normal stuff because they're not always raiding dungeons. And if you're like a cleric or a paladin or something like that, or even you just like you're related to a priest, you're probably going to spend at least some time at church like doing services, looking after like the local people, like the flock, etc. So it could be used as a nice sort of contrast because obviously. Graveyards can be very spooky, they can be very atmospheric, mm-hmm. they can have undead in them. But also, like if the sun's shining and everything's not, they can be very peaceful places. So it could be a nice contrast. So rather than the like, oh, spooky graveyard, maybe between a couple of sort of high action or sort of horror adventures, you have like a nice scene where it's just like the it's the cleric performing a service for for someone, you know, the sun's out, like everyone's in attendance at the church, they're laying someone to rest. It's all nice and peaceful. That and that'll contrast nicely with when you go into the second adventure and then like boom, like the adventure stuff's going on. Mm-hmm. But you've got you have to have that you have to have a bit of a chance to rest and get your breath back between these between like sort of adventures. Otherwise the sort of relentless nature of it, you just get a bit blase about it in the end, don't you? Absolutely. It doesn't have to be specifically that as no, we've said not. because there's a lot of different like places sorry there because there's so many different settings and you're gonna have to have some sort of disposal of bodies whatever the setting yeah is. of course yeah as i say y- you could have a character whose job is protein reclamation but yeah. similarly you could have a character whose job it is to keep some sort of like something like the whisper gallery in babylon 5 that just keeps recordings of people's yeah. memories in a sci-fi setting or similarly 
in other settings there's a lot of other things that come along with those sort of places yeah so i mean as you were saying a lot of how bodies are disposed of and the sort of the rituals surrounding them is obviously based entirely on the sort of culture that's performing mm-hmm. them and there's such a great opportunity that's not used very often in most games because they tend to just be like oh it's a traditional style funeral that we're all familiar with but you could do lots of different things whether it's like a burial at sea viking style whether it's like an air burial i mean if you just go on the internet and type in sort of like different types of burials you will find a ridiculous amount <laughs> and that's just in the real world where we've not got magic and stuff like that so in your fantasy campaign the sky's the limit but what you've got to remember when, when you're coming up with your own ritual is this is important to that society that's performing it because if if burying the dead wasn't important they'd just like throw the body anywhere so it's obviously important to that society so what form the ritual takes and the sort of ceremony surrounding it is going to say something about that society so you should just sort of keep that in mind a little bit mm-hmm. when you're coming up with a description of that and you suggested going on the internet and having a look um i very much suggest taking a look at the ask a mortician on youtube yeah, that's a very good channel she, she tells a lot of interesting stories about various things to do with her job as a mortician and famous dead things yeah and, it, and it's <laughs> and it's a mix of sort of education and entertainment sort of telling you like the facts about sort of working in a mortuary and you know like death arrangements and stuff like that so it's very informative but also it's like entertaining and there's historical episodes mixed in there and stuff like that she starts with the assumption that you're going to be a bit of a morbid nerd and that you're probably there just to see some like interesting stuff about dead stuff but yeah if as hannah's saying if you heartily recommend it if you want to know a little bit more about the stuff that goes on in the real world and then you can sort of extrapolate on that to use it in your fantasy or sci-fi game whatever definitely go and onto youtube and have a look for ask a mortician mm-hmm. so i think that's probably it for this episode we hope you've enjoyed it if you want to get in touch with us you can leave us a message on speakpipe there'll be a link in the description of this show or you can send us an email the address is rdrpgpodcast at gmail.com and we really do appreciate your voicemails and your communications so until we see you next time take care stay safe and keep gaming bye